Just after 11 o'clock, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you, talking all things fantasy sports and whatever else you want for the next hour here on Sports 1440. Before we hand things over to Alan Mitchell and the Lowdown with Low Tide, your feedback always appreciated into the text line, one 833 401-1440. We already got a couple coming in here. I'm going to refresh my inbox so I can make sure I only have the unread ones to begin the show today. Of course, if you want to email us, Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca. Brandon, uh, I want to start off the show by ripping the Edmonton Oilers. Just kidding. I'm not doing that. The floor is yours, Connor. No, Allie. I will not do that. I saw some negativity for the oil. And we'll see. We'll see. You know, I remember Jason Strudwick once telling us that, you know, sometimes when a team's playing bad hockey, they're going to play games they deserve to win and still lose. And that's just the way it goes. Sometimes when a team's playing good hockey, they're going to play some games they deserve to lose and still win. I don't know if that was the case for the Edmonton Oilers. Are we forgetting two disallowed goals that were, eh, that very well could have been a 4-1 game. If the Oilers can hit the net when it's empty, it's a 3-1 game. I know it wasn't ideal, but you got the two points. Let's let's see how they react on Thursday against the Red Wings before we start critiquing Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci. It was a 2-1 game. It was a bad Blackhawks team, but they got the win. Win's a win. Straight out of the uh, mouth of former NHL defenseman David Schlemko this morning saying, <laughs> you know what, Like it dep- like, let's just say the Oilers were kind of like back... They- not even as bad as they were earlier at the start of the season, but like kind of in a win one, lose one, win two, lose one type of a streak or something. Games like this kind of frustrate you because it's like this is a bad team. It's a chance to, you know, kind of step on the throat and maybe get a little extra momentum moving into the the next two games of this road trip. But the, the Oilers have won. This was their eighth win in a row. They're rolling right now. It's You're not going to win every game by a, by a wide margin like they, like they dummied the Senators on Saturday night. Like... Sometimes you got to win ugly, and that's what this was. But a win's a win, and, and I think fans should be content with it. I'm not saying you got to be happy with it or overjoyed that you beat this virtually AHL roster by just one goal. But like you said, Connor, like Zach Hyman, a couple couple goals back, you could make your case that either one or both of them should have been allowed yeah. uh, for some pretty mild goal interference, and then the Blackhawks getting 15 minutes to decide whether or not they're going to challenge that call. <laughs> Connor McDavid expressed his uh, displeasure with the the call and how long it took to review it and et cetera, et cetera. So all things rolled in. It's, it's a win. Put it in the, put the two points in the bank. Uh, Kings, they lose an overtime, to the lightning. So you gain a ground on gain ground on them. Um, if the, the Kings lose their next two games on the road, which are against uh, the Panthers, good team. And then the Red Wings, you know, feisty team on home ice for Detroit uh, on Saturday. The, the Oilers could find themselves tied for the final uh, spot and the third spot in the Pacific Division come the end of Saturday night. So you've put yourself in a good spot. Just keep rolling with it. Yeah, I mean, look at the LA Kings. You know, overtime losses, whatever. Six straight losses for the Kings. The Edmonton Oilers on the flip side, winners of eight straight. The Seattle Kraken, who are actually tied with the Oilers with 37 points, have won seven in a row, so they're playing good hockey. But the Oilers do have three games in hand there. So, yeah, I, I, it's okay. You know, you maybe you can think those things, but you don't have to verbalize everything. You don't have to take it to Twitter all the time and complain about it. Let's see what happens against Detroit. If it snowballs and they continue to play bad, then there was something wrong. But if they come out there with a bounce-back performance... Maybe we just got to 
ease off a little bit. Uh, lots of texts coming in here. one 401 I should let you know, uh, we're going to have Gavin Turnick of Oilers Nation join us at 1120. We'll talk some uh, daily fantasy football, some real football, and a little hockey as well as Gavin kind of uh, jack of all trades. Master Ga- of all. Gavin, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jack of all, master of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, Gavin Gavin loves it. Big Cowboys fan. Let's not fan. combine those. It's not going to sound good. Mm, correct. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested. Gavin, obviously a big Cowboys fan, ecstatic. Uh, interesting matchup with the Packers this weekend. But uh, I'll be honest. You look at the board for uh, Wild Card Weekend here, there's not a game I'm not excited about. Maybe I think the one I might be least excited about is Monday Night eagles Bucks because these are two teams that, I mean, the Bucks. They had their moments this season, but they won the division uh, with one win above 500. The Eagles limping into the playoffs, a uh, bit of a weird spot for them. So, yeah, that, that one doesn't excite me. But every other game has a good storyline matchup. Matt Stafford returned to Detroit Sunday night. Uh, Mike McCarthy going up against his former team in which he won a Super Bowl with. Uh, Steelers, no TJ Watt. Will they be able to, you know, fortify their defense? And then a couple, uh, you know, high-flying teams on on Saturday night too with the Dolphins and Chiefs, uh, although the weather might be beyond miserable. We think we got it bad here. I think it might be just as bad in Kansas City, but guess what? We don't have to go play pro football out in it, so... Speak for yourself. Well, yeah, no, neither do I. Uh, and it is funny because you talk about the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting into the playoffs, 9-8 and eight record, tied with the Saints. But if you are in the a- AFC North, a 9-8 and eight record got you last, last place, place in the division. So uh, that is, that's football, baby. Yeah, you talk about those matchups. There's certainly going to be a lot of fun. Lance texted in, okay, I'm thinking of sprinkling a little money on the Dolphins to win against the Chiefs. Is this smart gambling? I don't know if there's ever technically smart gambling. It's always a gamble, Lance. It's always bet responsibly. Use your game sense. Use your game sense. But I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, if the weather's bad, the Dolphins' defense is hurting. Like, they, they signed Melvin Ingram and someone else off the practice roster to get them going. Like, they have so many injuries right now. And if there's one thing that can slow down a potent offense, it could be the terrible weather in Kansas City. I mean, the run the run game's going to be massive. Both I, teams have a good run game. But I do wonder. I mean, one team might be a little bit more accustomed. I mean, which running back would you rather have? A-chan or Pacheco? Like, Pacheco runs like he hates the grass. And A-chan is kind of that flashy guy, Mostert. They're, they're, they've been warm weather backs. Not to say that it can't translate, but I know which way I'm leaning, we personally. Are, we already saw Miami lose pretty handily in Buffalo earlier this uh this season and yes that was a long time ago this season and if i recall the weather wasn't even particularly bad in what was kind of an early fall game in uh, up in uh, eastern new york so the the dolphins people love to hate on them for the weather games but there's a reason for it and we see it in college football when these southern teams come up and play bowl games in the uh, in the poor weather here in late december early january i I'll, i who who was it that asked about sorry the text line in front of me uh, lance 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 personally I'm uh, I'm on the Chiefs to cover these points all day. Uh, we also had Brett texting in, guys. I need some bets for the weekend. Well, then I assume that would be relating to the NFL. Uh, just scrolling through very quickly here. When you have the Texans, Browns, Cleveland right now, two and a half point favorites. Chiefs, Dolphins, four point favorites. The over under currently set for uh, forty four and a half points. I mean, if this is played Miami, you're probably thinking over all day weather. We'll see. Bills, Steelers on Sunday. The Bills, 10-point favorites. I think the uh, the no TJ Watt yeah. playing a big factor in there. Like, re- He's I, a game I, record. I didn't look at what this line was earlier this week before TJ Watt was confirmed out. 
But I have to think it was probably closer to six, five and a half. Ten that's, points now. That's ten, tough. ten points. That's a that's a tough one. Where once again the weather might be bad. Probably a, a big run game uh, playing a factor for the Bills. James Cook has been good, but uh, ball security always a concern, uh, or not always. But we've seen a lot of concern with the the Bills running the ball and keeping it in their hands. So with the, if it's wet, if it's snowy. Who knows? Uh, thing, turnover luck can uh, dictate a lot of games come playoff time. I mean, you could just say, like, hands in general for James Cook. that <laughs> He should have had a touchdown reception in their game this past weekend, but through his hands. Uh, Josh Allen put it in a good spot. You got the Packers, seven-and-a-half-point dogs to the Dallas Cowboys. Rams, underdogs to the Lions, three. I, I don't mind that one, actually. And then the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, only three-point favorites against the Bucks. On Monday night, I believe it was Monday night football last year when the Cowboys kind of took it to the Buccaneers. Was that Brady's last game? Has he only been not gone for a year? It's crazy to think, but it's true. Feels like it's been forever. Uh, The NFL will roll on. Doesn't matter. Superstars leave. Superstars will uh, join the league and and replace it. Superstars go. Superstars come. It uh, it's the the great the great wheel that is the NFL uh, in North America. It will not be stopped by no single man. Yeah, uh, Brett says thinking under for the Chiefs, Finns as well as Steelers, Buffalo. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's. I hate doing it, but I I think that that's not a bad game plan. I don't think the Steelers will move the ball too much. Maybe George Pickens goes off, but you know they can run the ball though. And Mason Rudolph's been okay, but I think I still lean with you. Greg says, what do you guys think of the Bears firing offensive coordinator by keeping the head coach and defensive coordinator? In my opinion, the Bears need to draft about twenty new offensive linemen and find a better defense, especially the secondary. Greg from Lacombe. I mean, clearly the Bears think their defense is fine. Uh, Eberflus, their head coach, is a defensive guy, so he's probably he's probably like Staley. Like, we're good. We're good. Don't worry about us. The offensive side of the ball, yeah, I mean, they, they. I think they need to find that guy that can, well, one, Justin Fields, keep him healthy, and then two, keep him consistently progressing. I don't know who that offensive coordinator is, but uh, it was not Luke Getze, apparently. I think, you know, Justin Fields, uh, if that's the route they're going to go, you know, surround him with more pieces, keep him upright. Maybe you go receiver or offensive lineman. You trade down from that first overall pick and you just build around him and go that route. But yeah, I guess, I guess some might say it was a little bit surprising. I know Bears fans online kind of wanted Jim Harbaugh. They, they wanted to bring him air quotes home, just like Charger fans want to bring him air quotes home. But it looks like that's not going to happen. What do you think? Yeah, the the fact that this news came out here in the the end of the week, a couple days removed from, or middle of the week, pardon me, a couple days removed from Michigan winning the national championship and probably a chance for some teams to chat with Jim Harbaugh off the books or uh, very under the radar fashion. I think Jim Harbaugh probably expressed to the Bears that he is either staying at Michigan or if he is going to the NFL, he's not interested in their job. And they kind of assessed and said, you know what? Offense obviously has to be better. We can't continue tra- trotting this out there. Getsy, thanks for your service. See you later. Uh, but Eberflus, the Bears defense was quite good, actually, the back half of the season. You have to give them credit. And that's Eberflus's, um, you know, bread and butter. So credit where credit's due. I think if they couldn't get Harbaugh, they're content to go back with Eberflus for another year. And I, I, I've done some reading on it this morning, uh, kind of since the news came out, in between uh, breaks of the Kevin Carey show, that this doesn't really incline people to think one way or the other about what the Bears will now do with the first overall pick. My thinking, un, like just off the cuff, is that this tells me that they're going to stick with Justin Fields. 
because if you were going to bring in a new quarterback or uh, w- like maybe even trade down to the the two or three spot and still take a quarterback, but like get some extra stuff for Caleb Williams, you'd want the new head coach involved in that decision. Whereas Eberflus, if you're drafting a new quarterback and you're firing Eberflus after one more year, hypothetically, well now it's it's always discussed quarter coaches want their quarterbacks they want to bring in the guys they want to fit their game plan etc rather than vice versa we do see it happen where you have the quarterback sign long term bringing a coach that you know i want to work with this guy but the eberflus decision if he's like all reports saying from Schefter and others saying that he is going to be back as the head coach this fall i think that i think that tells me they're sticking with fields and we'll probably trade the pick and uh, not draft a quarterback i think you asked me about eberflus at one point Maybe it was last week, maybe it was this week. And I kind of thought year two, they have progressed. At times this year, they did look good. There were some stretches, but inconsistency. So I, th- I think they must see something there. They yeah. believe he can be a good head coach. And uh, probably speaking to the players on exit interviews, you think there's honesty there? Like, yeah, we want him back. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see where they go offensively and you know what the game plan's going to be looking like. Uh, Lance said in his little, his bet, Dolphins, five bucks money line to beat the chiefs yeah i think that's a fun one five bucks have some fun with it good responsible bet he's also got a bet on the oilers to win the stanley cup i did the same uh, over the summer in bellagio but i only did ten dollars now what was the price then like what was the oh it was ten to one so i'd win a hundred so i have to go back to vegas when they win the cup there you go to pick it up celebrate yeah my uh my herbert mvp and Chargers super bowl (laughs) didn't pan out but that oiler yours and mine both (laughs) still has some hope one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Before we get to break here and go to uh, have Gavin Turnick join us, uh, Playbook Vic says Calgary, Colorado, and Vegas got L's versus the Hawks. On to Detroit. Hey, it's a feisty team. And Spec, he tweeted out there. He said, "Not sure how it's looking on TV, but from here, this is a team in Chicago that's working. It's not uh, the Oilers being sloppy. The Chicago team is working. Maybe looking for jobs. Maybe extending beyond this year. So." Yeah, hungry team. Give, give them credit. Like we said, it's kind of like an AHL roster. Well, you know what that means? That these guys are on the brink of being in the NHL at all times. So they're competing hard every night. Like no matter where the Blackhawks or any of these other bad teams, quote unquote, sit in the standings, they're still competing for jobs. They're still fighting for contract extensions, bonuses, like performance bonuses, whatever the case. You cannot expect an easy night. This is a pro hockey league, the best one in the world. Every player is good. Some are better. But you got to give credit to the Hawks. Like you said, they battled hard, and uh, the Oilers still fortunate to get the win, I think, with the final result. But uh, credit where it's due, Blackhawks fight hard, and they're not going to be kind of an easy out uh, for any team. Uh, and it's just going to get harder as hopefully they get some guys back from injury in the back half of the season here. Nothing more dangerous than a team that has nothing, nothing to, to play for. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess, yeah, nothing either to way. lose. Either way. <laughs> Connor, I, Connor and I not quite on a good uh, page of finishing each other's sentences. I thought there was like a cool movie line, and I was hoping it was just going to roll. But it didn't work out for me. But I like what you said. Sure. Yeah, nothing to lose. What are we going to do? What are they going to do? Send us back to the AHL? Probably going to happen no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe another team will see something and bring you in for a cup run. Uh, Last text before we get to break goes to Justin of Balgoni. Is that Balgoni? I'd say Balgoni. My first thought was Baloney, but Balgoni. I was surprised the Angel Hernandez was refing the game yesterday. That's a shot at... uh, one of the worst refs umps we've ever seen. Now, are you talking about the Oilers game or the Raptors Lakers game? Oh because that fourth quarter, holy cow, was the fix in? Was there a spread that needed to be covered? I don't know. The Raptors covered still. Yeah, I mean they only <laughs> lost by and they were obviously, it was like five point spread. They were obviously dogs in that game. They lost by one. So that's a that's a 
I don't know. That's a moment that can turn a team around. Like, we can do this. And we have the refs against us. Coach Coach Darko coming out in defense of his boys. That was amazing. That was amazing. Montana de Rice has nothing to lose exactly why the Packers beat the Cowboys this weekend. Oh, I know Gavin's listening. We'll let Gavin uh, discuss that one when he joins us on the show next. Of course, I'm referring to Gavin Turnick of Oilers Nation. He'll join us next year on Fantasy Frenzy. We'll talk some daily fantasy and some real football as well. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on the Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you. Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. The text line 1833-401-1440 if you want to get in on the conversation. A lot of texts coming in here. Greg texting in, I fell in love with Darko last night. I hardly even remember who Nick Nurse is. 3G Greg from Lacombe. Yeah, Darko I think won over a lot of people. It's kind of that, that thin line though, Brandon. You know, how long, how many times can you do that? Because at one point, I think the players are going to be like, okay, chill coach. And fans are going to start to call him a whiner. But every once in a while, I think you get that rant. I, I think this one was for sure warranted. And it's it's uh, kind of, I uh, apologize uh, on my behalf. I haven't kept the closest tabs on every Raptors post-game press conference this year. Um, but you would think if there was another another one like this out there, it certainly would have <laughs> made the waves that this one has. So since it is kind of his first and it, it, the circumstances around it, Raptors are rolling right now since their trade bringing in uh, IQ and RJ Barrett. That's a game they certainly could have won last night. They still only lose by one point despite the, uh, I was at 23-2 to two differential in uh, foul shots in the th- fourth quarter. So um, all the props to Darko. Uh, I think he endeared himself to a lot of people that were maybe still on the fence about this new-look Raptors team. And this is after a loss. If they can keep rolling off some wins uh, here into the second half of the season, then um, things are looking positive uh, down in the six. Yeah, yeah. Montana Rice says that rant was well-deserved, brutal officiating. And we also talked about uh, Angel Hernandez, Justin of oh Balgoni. Okay, we got it right. Justin of Balgoni, he, he thinks that Angel was involved in both. So, hey, Angel Hernandez, the legacy will forever live on. Lance uh, telling us his bet that he made goes back to August. Fingers crossed. I I was walking through Bellagio. I'm like, I got to make a couple bets, Ash. Can we go do this, make my bets? I also bet on Vlad Guerrero to win the home run derby. But the person who was putting in my ticket was new and punched in the wrong one. Pinch picked him to win the first round. So I was all cocky, strutting up. Uh, you guys owe me some money. No, you had him to win the first round, which he did not. Very frustrating. Let's get to our Fantasy Wizard today, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Remember, when you go to the Canadian Brew House, make sure you download the rewards app. You can get the, the Canadian Brew House app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Start earning points immediately. And you get a free order of garlic fingers just for signing up. Throw that on top of some chocolate cake, a couple pints. You'll have a fantastic evening down at the CBH. Go there for uh, basically any reason. Any sporting event, they're going to have it on TV. So go down to your local CBH, have a good time, get the app, and thank us later. We bring in Gavin Turnick of Oilers Nation, as well as the Coming in Hot Sense podcast. Gavin, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Man, it's good. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to Wild Card Weekend. Man, it's going to be a good one. Well, Gavin, I, we'll start with the Chicago Bears because you did you did reply to me about uh, what we were talking about the discussion. Obviously, the team making the change at the offensive coordinator position. Getsy out. We'll see who they bring in. Iberflus will stick around for another year as the head coach. But you think for the Chicago Bears holding, you know, the number one overall pick and then another pick of their own later on in the first round, you think that they should keep Justin Fields? Why? Why do you believe that? 
Yeah, I think you just said it right there, Connor. The fact that they have two first-round picks this year, this is a perfect opportunity for them to build around Justin Fields. You take a guy like Marvin Harrelson at receiver, lining up on the other side of DJ Moore, who Justin Fields actually did develop a huge connection with throughout the entirety of the regular season, along with Cole Komet. And you take a defensive lineman with your second-round pick, you're laughing as a Chicago Bears fan if you do that. Yeah, I mean, I... I Honestly, I could, I'm happy either way they go. I think they have to choose their side. I think there's advantages to going with Caleb Williams and getting, you know, five years of that entry-level contract. But also, I love Justin Fields. So if you're going to build around them, do it right. And I think both ways can work. It, it does look like they're going to lean with Justin Fields, which is very cool. And we'll see how much of a haul do they get when they trade down from that first overall pick. I don't know if they'll, get, they'll match last year's with what they got from the Chicago, from the Carolina Panthers. That was massive, but it's going to be certainly something to watch out for. Uh, this weekend in the NFL, let's say hypothetically, Gavin, we're talking fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports. Uh, when you look at the Dolphins, the Chiefs, maybe even the Bills, uh, weather has to be a bit of a concern in those games. Uh, would you be staying away from some of the, the star, the marquee players that those teams have to offer? I would for sure, guys, because Miami and Kansas City actually did face off earlier this year, and that game was low-scoring in itself. It was 21-14. I get it was overseas, but even Tyreek Hill, he didn't even have over uh, 70 yards that week alone. So I'm definitely staying away from the offensive guys on that game. And for the Buffalo game, yeah, man, like Stephon Diggs obviously has not been having the year that we all thought he was going to, and I'm definitely not touching anyone on the Pittsburgh Steelers side of the football with uh, Mason uh, Rudolph under center. Yeah, maybe George Pickens can pop on for uh, for a big uh, 70-yard score, but even then, guys, I'm not touching anyone on the offensive side of the football in either of those games. Now, we know you are a Cowboys fan, just like a Trent with Wilhock Beef Jerky unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> taking on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, when you look at what CeeDee Lamb, Lamb did this year and I had him in fantasy a bit of a slow start I was having a little bit of a hard time finding the end zone but he came on strong down the stretch 135 receptions 1700 yards 12 scores uh, obviously the Cowboys offense has some opportunities to to make some big plays here but you know from what you know of the Cowboys offensively and defensively uh, who do you think could be some good starts in this one well, I think you obviously named the uh, the most important piece right there in CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb has touchdowns in nine straight games. He obviously led the NFL in, rece- in receptions. And, and this Dak-CeeDee connection is the best I've seen it since uh, CeeDee's entered the uh, uh, the NFL here. So I think CeeDee Lamb is obviously the number one option. I, I like Tony Pollard this week too, guys. I know he has not lived up to expectations. Coming in as the number one RB for the Dallas Cowboys this year. But going up against the Packers, they're a bottom six run defense team. And Pollard's actually picked it up the last uh, few weeks here. So I expect Tony Pollard to have a decent week here as well. Okay, Gavin, we had a text come in here. So when is the last time Dallas won a Super Bowl? <laughs> Definitely not in my lifetime, guys. I've not even seen an NFC championship game, okay? But I'm, I'm remaining optimistic that, uh, that this is the year. I like our road. I like our road to the NFC championship game. I think we take care of business against the Packers this week. And I think that uh, I think we get the Eagles next week, guys. I think the Rams actually upset the Lions this week. So then I think uh, Philly comes into the Dallas Cowboys home. So after Jordan asked that, Gavin, he said, and was Gavin alive yet? You answered. You weren't alive yet. He says, hashtag Packers by a billion. Then he signs it, Jordan, the Leaf fan. Jordan, were you alive the last time the Leafs won a Stanley Cup? That's a, <laughs> that's a hot take to go after someone if you're being a Cowboys fan who won in the 90s when you're a Leafs fan. But I digress. Yeah, no, yeah, no kidding, man. And I absolutely love the Cowboys this week. Obviously, they're, they're playing AT&T Stadium, and they have not lost a home game this entire year. I think they're opening up as uh, – 
last time I checked, I think it was 10-point favorite. So I like the Dallas Cowboys this week. I think they take care of business. And on the Green Bay Packers side of the football, if you look at all their pass catchers, they're either our rookies or second-year wideouts or tight ends, okay? So I think lining up like against like a Deron Bland or Stephon Gilmore, I think they completely shut down this Green Bay Packers offense. Gavin Taranek from Oilers Nation as well as Daily Faceoff Fantasy joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you on Sports 1440. Uh, Gavin, the... Very typical Saturday afternoon game. We'll see the Cleveland Browns uh, being hosted by the Houston Texans who somehow come out of this season with the AFC Cell Championship. The The Texans' defense has been a bit perplexing to me this season. They're, they're top six in uh, yards allowed against the run in terms of fewest, but yet bottom six for touchdowns allowed against the run. And on the pass defense, I think they're basically the flip, uh, flip side of that. Uh, near the bottom, bottom 10 in uh, yards allowed, but uh, nobody's allowed fewer touchdown passes. Going up against Joe Flacco on this kind of new-look Cleveland offense with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt in the backfield and Flacco uh, slinging it downfield to Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and co. Like, wh- what do you make of this game uh, Saturday afternoon? Because I think, for me, it's one of the hardest ones uh, to kind of size up in terms of betting on this weekend. Yeah, I know, for sure. I think the Cleveland Browns take care of business here. Obviously, looking back at uh, Chris Cleveland, both these teams faced off. That was getting that Amari Cooper one up. I know he's banged up. He actually has not practiced this week. But you look to a Joe Flacco's other favorite option, David Njoku. David Njoku, these last three weeks alone, has been the number one tight end in the NFL. Over 100 yards in two of those three games, rocking two touchdowns as well. So even if Amari Cooper somehow does not slot into the lineup this weekend, I think David Njoku is absolutely going to pop off for this Cleveland Browns team. And I absolutely love this Joe Flacco story, guys. Like, get, get him for NFL Comeback Player of the Year. So I think the Browns take care of business. I know C.J. Stroud and the guys are rolling there in Houston, but I think Cleveland goes into Houston and gets the win. Yeah, I'm uh, as a Texans fan, I'm nervous about it for sure. I want I want to have confidence, but uh, I think even if the Texans get blown out uh, come Saturday, they can hang their hats on a pretty successful season compared to expectations at the start. Uh, all the same, uh, fast forwarding to Sunday night, you mentioned it already. You you have the Rams get pulling the upset over the Lions. Big storyline here: Matt Stafford making his return to Ford Field uh, in Michigan. Do, do you think the Rams are a team that's kind of peaking at the right time? And the Lions have been one of the more consistent teams all season. The odd letdown spot with a near miss loss to the Bears, and then uh, actually losing to them against or losing to them. So, like, is it going to be closer, or do you think Matt Stafford is just kind of the the, the f- X factor in this one going up against his old club? I think it's going to be close, you guys. Like, obviously, like you just touched on it there, the storyline is so good for Matthew Stafford to go into his own home and take care of business. But I think this is going to be an absolute air show of a game. I think Puka is going to go off. The Detroit Lions ranked sixth last in the NFL in, in uh, passing yards per game. So I think the Rams' offense is just too much to handle right now. I think, honestly, they're the hottest team in football, obviously, other than maybe the Buffalo Bills. But they're going into Detroit, the hottest team in football. Matthew Stafford, under the lights. I, I just think the storyline is too good for the Rams not to come away without a win. And uh, Gavin uh, Gavin Ternick joining us from Oilers Nation. I can't let you hop on without talking a little Oilers. Uh, the 2-1 win in Chicago last night. Far from pretty for the Oil. Uh, but, I mean, hey, the, the big dogs came to eat in terms of point production. Uh, just two goals, but they did come from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. High moon, the couple called back. Um, what, uh, what are your thoughts on the Oilers as they head into the next two games of this road trip with stops in uh, Detroit and um, Montreal over the weekend? 
Yeah, you know, like I, I think you guys touched on earlier in the show too. Like a two-one win, a five-one win, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's it's still eight straight wins in the whim column. And with that being said, you guys obviously going to Detroit and then Montreal, two extremely beatable teams. The guys are absolutely rolling on all forces. Stuart Skinner's back to his all-star type of performance as of late as well. And obviously Connor McDavid, man, like you cannot count out this Edmonton Oilers team each and every game. So I think they take care of business against the Detroit Red Wings and Montreal, and we make it ten straight wins. Three-game uh, slate in the NHL tonight. Very light one for you, Gavin. So anybody looking to play some uh, daily fantasy hockey, uh, anybody in particular you've got your eye on with a uh, light schedule? Oh, Travis connecting all day, you guys. He's actually on my fantasy team. He has been my fantasy MVP thus far as well. Over his past, over his past five games, he, he's averaging over five shots on goal per game, and he has goals in four of those five. So I absolutely love Travis connecting tonight. So I'll definitely be rolling him in all my daily fantasy lineups. Gavin, thank you so much for doing this today. Always appreciate you coming on. We'll get you on uh, soon here. Maybe maybe when we get closer to the draft or something, uh, see what the Cowboys are going to do there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks, thanks again for having me on, guys, and go Cowboys. There you go. That is Gavin Turnick, Oilers Nation. You can also catch him part of the Coming In Hot Sins podcast. That's a fantastic podcast. They've got Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan, also with Daily Faceoff. He is our fantasy wizard for the Canadian Brew House. Sending you to the Super Bowl. That's going to be coming up very quickly here, actually, Brandon. Uh, we'll, I think we'll be down at the Ice House for the AFC-NFC Championship weekend, sending someone to the Super Bowl, having some chocolate cake, having a good time down at the CBH. I thought you said they don't have the chocolate cake at the Ice House. I'm going to get it specially imported in. Well, yeah. like if, I mean, it's a specialty menu there. We, we know that CBH looks after us better than we could ever ask for. But even still, I think if we put in a little, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Patty, what are the chances of getting some chocolate cake at the Ice House come Championship Sunday? A full cake, like your dishing out beers, and I'm just dishing out pieces of cake, <laughs> just slinging it. <laughs> we're we're behind the bar. <laughs> I got my pro serve. It's all good. Yeah, there you go. I, I I would love to bartend. I always thought that'd be a cool job. But I always I always imagine myself at like a slow laid back some dive bar. It's only beer and like whiskey. Some person walks and sits down. You like give the old uh, the bar the rub with the disgustingly dirty towel. What's your trouble, son? What's troubling you, buddy? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's the type of bartender I could see myself being. I want a Long Island iced tea. Don't got that. <laughs> Sorry, we do not have that here, and I don't know what's in it. I got whiskey. Try, try again. You would get vodka and like a brisk. That would be your Long Island <laughs> iced tea if I was a bartender. <laughs> Yeah, here you go. Try this. Let me know what you think. Uh, hello, fellas. This isn't fantasy related, but I wanted to see who's the best bowler the other night. My girlfriend works at Plaza Bowling and said you guys were there. There might be some confusion. <laughs> wasn't us. Wasn't us. Might I, have been uh, EST. I do love bowling. I think that there's bowling here in the mall. Yeah. Ed's, uh, Ed's bowling. I'd love for us to have a little sports 1440 get together there. Do you know what a turkey is? Three strikes in a row. No, it's more than that, isn't it? No, that's exactly what it is. What's five strikes in a row? Albatross? I don't... <laughs> no. Now, I, we're, now we're crossing sports. I bowled five strikes in a row at Plaza Bowling like two months ago. What? Yeah. Are you like low-key low sick at bowling? They gave me a pin. That's crazy. And it was a big deal because I went with Ashley's family and they were like, we got to get a picture with this pin and like they, they wanted to go get it. I was feeling it. I, don't, I forget what it's called, but yeah, I got a pin. I'm terrible at bowling. I'm good at wee bowling. So am I. But I just, I was on a heater and it was fantastic. I when felt you're hot, you're hot. But uh, no, we we weren't there. It could have been anyone. Our lookalikes. 
Four and five. I don't know which is which. Four and five are duck and a goose. Oh, it was Oilers Nation. Oh, yeah. Maybe Gavin was there. We could. Uh, too bad that we just missed Gavin with that text. We could have asked him. We could have asked him. Oilers Nation. Great crew. They have fun. I always, I always see them like out at events. I think they go to Riverhawks games and stuff. And uh, yeah, they, they have a good time out there. Juice says, tell me you screamed. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah, that would have fallen upon deaf ears, I think, at that one. Little family event. <laughs> Damn it right. <laughs> <laughs> I was very humble because I, I kept walking back and people were like, like doing the, the look at like me and then up at the score. Like, this guy got like three strikes in a row already. Yeah, I won that round and then people thought I was good. I'm not good. Mm. And I, it dropped off quick. Big Lebowski. Yeah. Inspiration. Good movie. Good movie. Have you seen that one? I have. Terrific film. What a, <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. Uh, very quickly before we get to break here. Uh, yeah. Oilers Nation. Hey, give me, give us your name. We'll throw in the system here and uh, we'll try to find that answer out for you. Who was the uh, best bowler? Bronco Brad wants to know how you became a Houston Texans fan. Uh, not a very inspiring story. So as I was just kind of getting into the world of football, it was through uh, Madden playing Madden on my I think it was my PS2 to start with, and then I got a PS3 probably by the time a PS4 came out, but not a not a relevant detail. And yeah, playing Madden, I like so many other young young people kind of started uh, with the the franchise, like your franchise player, your be a pro or whatever you call it. Um, and I just whatever team I got drafted to, I was kind of like, this will be my this will be my squad. So my my quarterback Joe Kingman, throwback to the uh, film game the game plan, I think with the Rock and Madison Pettis. The Boston Rebels, I believe, was the team, and they won the championship. Uh, anyway, so that was the inspiration for the name. And okay. he was drafted by the Texans, won a couple Super Bowls, then demanded a trade every season thereafter. So I'd, like, go to a new team, win a Super Bowl, go to a new team, win a Super Bowl. Pretty cool. So, yeah, that, that that's why I was a Texans fan. And it was pretty easy to become a Texans fan at that time. Uh, Andre Johnson absolutely lighting it up as the, uh, you know, uh, one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game, in my opinion. Um, Matt Schaub slinging it from quarterback, all-time great guy. And uh, and then, yeah, it's been a little tumultuous since then, but uh, things are on the up and up, so I'm happy to happy to be a Texans fan now in the post-Deshaun Watson era. Did you guys sign Amon Green out of Green Bay for a year or two? Oh, maybe. I I don't know. That guy was sick. And then you guys had a tight end, who I think it was like number 47. Currently... <laughs> Uh, Owen is it? Oh, not Owen Beck. He played for the National Junior Team. Uh, the fullback Beck is number forty-seven on the Texans, but the tight end. I'm trying to think, Texans have had some pretty decent tight ends over the years. Arian Foster was sick. He was a fantasy monster. Owen Daniels. Owen Daniels. Yes, eighty-seven. He, he was awesome. He was he was on the team when I was like my my Joe Kingman quarterback. I just tossed it up to Owen Daniels and uh, Andre downfield and it was like catch every time no matter what hand it off to Aaron. and anytime there's a run play audible always pass play got to oh. run run up the stats we uh we should do that one day later on here i uh i we did it once down the dial when we started our four down breakdown show we just said how'd you become a fan of your team mm-hmm. and the stories were so good like and we could almost do that with every sport but we'll do that later uh brett is texting about the Plaza Bowling. I asked Gavin, so we'll uh, we'll find out. We'll get you an answer there, hopefully. It was for the Christmas party. He embarrassed himself as bowling, so we decided 
to stay well clear of that one. Okay, well, I have no answer for you. We'll have to try someone else to figure out who was the best we had, bowler. We had Liam on the carry show this morning. Maybe I'll text Liam, see if uh, he was in the mix on that. Oh, Liam can bowl. You know that. Uh, okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll let you know what's coming up on the Lowdown with Low Tide as well as the Jason Greger Show, and we'll get to a few more texts. One I really want to get to. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. 1145, it's Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Locations in the Dukes, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas with you here on Sports 1440. 1-833-401-1440 if you would like to text in. Coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide, they'll have their rumors. They'll recap last night's win in Chicago. They'll be joined by Charlie O'Connor. He covers the Philadelphia Flyers for Philly Sports. Also, Bruce McCurdy, and they'll do the Oilers look ahead. That at one twenty, and then on the Jason Greger show, absolutely loaded. Of course, we'll recap Oilers Blackhawks as well. Dave McCarthy of Sirius XM will be by Tyler Uremchuk, who for some reason I have listed as a former NHLer. He's actually with Oilers Nation and Daily Faceoff. Cool guy, though. I think he was one knee injury away in junior from playing in the show. Classic. A, a tale as old as time. We've all been there. Uh, at 3 o'clock, we've got another edition of Who Is It Wednesday. You're going to want to listen to this one, obviously. Mike Rupp at 4 o'clock. Paul Sir from Basketball Alberta at 4.20. Could there be news around that uh, Paul Sir interview? Maybe join us at 4.20. Ooh. Mark Spector at uh, 5 o'clock. And then Corey Smith talking about a local initiative at 5.20. Uh, Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. Something uh, really important at 520. He's going to come in studio. So that's coming up on the Jason Greger show from 2 till 6. Uh, into the inbox. Husks says, same reason I love the Colts. Madden 99 started it all. Had to pick a quarterback. Ended up Manning. As years went on, we got lucky. I assume that's luck or lucky. I don't know. Harrison, Wayne, Freeney, Sanders, signed Husks. Chargers, Legends, Dwight Freeney, and Bob Sanders. <laughs> Lance says, uh, the Laters were in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers in 2003 or 2002. I watched it with my dad and saw all the Raiders fans dressed up in big spikes and skulls and stuff. Thought they looked so cool, so I became a Raiders fan. Didn't know 20 years of heartbreak. Yeah, that's that's what would happen. Dexter Jackson, who had the three interceptions in that game, followed me on Instagram. Very random. Humble brag. I, well, the thing is I DM'd him. I wanted to get him on the show before the Bucks Super Bowl like three years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finally got back to me. And said... Can't Sorry, do can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, but busy. Sorry. I was busy that day. <laughs> uh, one text coming in here. I want to get to it. It was very interesting, and I think you and I could have a, a good conversation that we would like. It was about the national championship, and it was uh, which quarterback do you think will have the better career, Penix or JJ? And it was signed a Michigan fan. I'm. You know what? I'm. I can't wait to watch the combine. Pro days are overrated. Combine, I think, just gives you a chance to kind of see the touch they put on the ball, see the athleticism. It's not the entire picture. Both these guys had good careers at the collegiate level. Penix going to Washington put up the big numbers. Uh, McCarthy, I mean, had a lot of success as a team and, and looked good doing so. I don't know who's going to be the better pro. Penix probably has better size. McCarthy's a little smaller. The physical tools points toward Michael Penix. He's uh, he doesn't like he's not a like he's not a running quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Fields, but he's able to like he can scramble out when need be. Maybe think more of a Justin Herbert or C.J. Stroud type. He's athletic enough to do it when needed. But his obvious main talent is his his arm and his ability to throw the ball downfield, the strength of the arm, but also the accuracy. And like if if we just kind of 
forget the the national championship because he did not play well. His, his teammates catching the ball did not play well. It was it was pretty ugly across the board. But go back to that game against Texas, and yes, that was probably his best game ever. So you can't put all the stock into it either. But his ability to find really tight windows where. That is, I think, the biggest difference when you're moving from the college level to a pro is that what's open in uh, the NFL or pardon me, what's open in college is not open in the NFL and, and vice versa. Like you, you have to read defenses better and put the ball into smaller windows. So I think that favors Penix. But you have to admire J.J. McCarthy's like um, like we use this all the time and it has negative connotations, but it doesn't have to as a game manager, you know, doing what's needed to be done to win games. And they just won a national championship that you can't discount that. Even if he only had what was like 149 yards passing in the game, uh, no touchdowns, couple big scrambles, especially when the team needed it most. It, it The obvious signs point towards Penix uh, as being the better pro. And I think he will still go higher in the draft just because of these tantalizing physical tools. There's so many teams that are quarterback needy right now. I would lean Penix, but I think J.J. McCarthy can easily flesh out into a good pro. Take take away what I said about size. They're the, they're ten pounds different. I thought I thought McCarthy was a little shorter. Mm. Maybe he how is. tall are they? They're both six three. So perfect perfect size. NFL size. Um, Tyler Millwood says McCarthy won't be at the combine. Is there an injury? Why wouldn't he? Maybe he just doesn't want to go. Not he's that. like I've I've shown what I got. Well, that would be silly if he's not at the combine. I think that's probably a, even if you're not working out, you still go, go hang out, do some interviews. You still have to get the physicals. They want to check if you've got like any underlying health conditions. Tiny hands. Can you pick it? They want to measure your hands. Um, Montana writes, if McCarthy is smart, he stays at Michigan. I don't think that's happening. Is he eligible to stay at Michigan? Yeah, he's a junior, so he could. I'd, I'd be curious. I mean, how many ta- how much talent is he losing? You know, going to the NFL from that Michigan class, he could potentially lose a head coach. Maybe he wants to stick around for the program. That'd be admirable. Uh, Justin Herbert, he didn't rush to the pros. He stayed at um, um, Oregon for his senior year, so maybe. Penix does have to go. He is a senior. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And not, so much of it is going to be, you know, where they land and, and what kind of system. There's unfortunately some teams you go to that are just such a tire fire, and it's awful. Uh, these guys, if they are later first-round picks, probably benefits them. Going to a team that might be a better. little bit better, and maybe they get the opportunity to sit for a year or two. It's interesting. The Jordan Love style. Look at them now. Hopefully not that long for the, for their <laughs> case, but I don't know. I mean, just looking at at the statistics here for McCarthy, and you, we're, we're, we always want those big numbers, but... I mean, he's done a really good job with ball security. Great QBRs. Uh, completion percentage this year was 72%. That's really good. Panics this year, he's got a lot of college football seasons to look at his statistics. Uh, completed 65% of his passes. That was pretty much a career high uh, on 160 attempts back in 2019. I believe that was in Indiana. Is that where he was before? Uh, he completed 68%, but... Certainly, a guy who can sling it. There, there's going to be. It's going to be very interesting if there does get that run on quarterbacks this year at the draft. You know, obviously, we know that it's probably going to be Caleb Williams and Drake May. And then you got Daniels out of LSU, and then you got McCarthy and Penix potentially. I mean, there there could get that run on quarterbacks, and who knows? It's going to it could make the draft very interesting. It's going to be a fun draft because there's some great receivers as well. 
All that's going to do is push other skill positions into that early second round. Those guys will be available. So if you're picking top five, top ten, you could get some great value at the top of that second round. A GM Parisian says, in 2002, I drafted a computer-generated player by the name of Solomon McMillan to the Bears. He went to become the most prolific wide receiver in history, shattering every record. No big deal, boys. GM Parisian. Tyler says he's going back to Mill Woods. Is that confirmed, Tyler? Has he definitely stated he's going back to Michigan? Not that I can see anywhere. Maybe it's just Michigan fans. Are like, I think he said going back to Mill yeah, Woods. Yeah. But uh, Tyler, Tyler Mill from Woods. Mill Woods or Tyler says Mill he's Woods. going back to Michigan. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to Mill Woods. There, there's no, I don't, as far as five hours ago, the uh, Bleacher Reports article in their mock draft still is J.J. McCarthy going or being picked. So Where is he being picked? Uh, according to Bleacher Report, the Broncos. Okay. okay. Jane Daniels to the Patriots. You look at a guy who's smart, responsible with the ball, going to a Sean Payton-led offense? Don't mind that fit. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm here. Uh, Tyler says you heard it here first. Well, well wrong. We heard it second because uh, Montana DeRice texted in before you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it officially here first. Uh, it's going to be it, – it's interesting. I don't know. Like, I guess – after you win a natty, what else do you have to accomplish? Unless he wants to go for some more individual accolades. Maybe he wants to go back-to-back. We'll see. I'm assuming, Tyler, you're a Michigan fan, so you're probably just trying to will this into existence. <laughs> Tyler also says, you can't trust Niners fans. Go Rams. Uh, 1-833-401-1440. Harry says, Big Blue Smackdown. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And uh, Barber and Peace River, I was floating around 30th in your pools, guys. But with the resurrection of the oil, I'm 17th. Woohoo! Yeah, I'm dropping down to six. My goaltending issues are just crushing me. Uh, Bottinger was doing very good for me, and then he, oh, he went down. He was such a hero for my team. Uh, his injury certainly hasn't helped me. And then Gustafson out in Minnesota injured. Warinsky injured. Timo Meyer injured. I got to get healthy. The best teams can be taken down by the plague of injuries. So true. <laughs> so true. Uh, I don't really have your um, goaltending issues, though. Thatcher Demko. Great pick. Great pick. Although, I, as I say that, Philip Grubauer is one of my other goalies. So it's not great. But I'm still down in uh, 39th. <laughs> well, you know, lots of season. If, if, if we saw a jump like uh, we did here. With Barber in Peace River, you can do the same. I think that's going to do it for us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Big thank you to Gavin Turnick of Oilers Nation for joining us on the show today. Up next, we do have the lowdown with Low Tide. Fire him a text right now, one 401 1440 Say hello to he and Declan Kruger. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. If you missed it, check out the podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get it from. Make sure you subscribe. One day we want to crack that top 200 podcast on Apple. So if you can go subscribe, that would be awesome. Right now, let's get to an update brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc's, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, wilhockbeefjerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.